Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I have never felt a greater love than this. <laughs> I've never tasted a sweeter love than this. I've never experienced a more powerful love than this. Oh, what amazing love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> Hallelujah. That last song, there is no greater love. He's, it's from an apostolic artist. I try to make mention when we sing songs from UPC apostolic artists because we want to support them. And what a beautiful song that is. Amen. It's called Love Me Anyway by James Wilson. I'd encourage you to go purchase that. Get that on your phone, save it on your YouTube profile, whatever it is, however you listen to music, Spotify, or whatever it is, but go get that song. I've been listening to it nonstop all week, and hallelujah, I tell you, my heart just feels like it's overflowing with the love of God. Anybody else feel that way here today? (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here with us. God bless all of our members, our new members, our old members. God bless all of our guests. Hallelujah. And good to see you again, Kelly, right? I want to make sure I got that correct. Praise the Lord. Uh, We're so thankful for her and all the others, the Holmes family. And you've got several new children. Are these your children? Well, God bless you. It's good to have you guys with us. Praise the Lord. And uh, praise God. Isn't God good today? Amen. And we've had several visitors already. We had a, a, a couple that joined us for our Discover Purpose class. They came for church and came about two hours early. And, uh, but they were going to wait around till service. And then I invited them to come and they attended our, our class. And, uh, and I believe it was a blessing. We had, let's see, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight people in our Discover Purpose class this morning. We're so thankful for everybody who came and is joining in on that. Again, you may have missed the first lesson, but certainly we would love for you to come next week and join with us. It's not too late. You missed a good lesson, but hallelujah, you can make it up at the end, praise God. And uh, we'd love for you to join us at 10 o'clock on Sundays. If you'd like to head in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 9. I just feel just so specifically anointed today to preach this, and not that it is myself, but I feel that this is a word from God for this church. I just pray today we'd open up our hearts to the word of the Lord, that he'd be able to speak to us. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 9, and when James, Cephas, And John, that name Cephas is another name uh, for Peter. So he's saying Peter, James, and John. That's the order we usually hear it in. Peter, James, and John. He says, he makes this statement, who seemed 
to be pillars. Perceived the grace that was given unto me. They gave me to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship. Now that's an old saying we don't use much in church anymore. But the right hands of fellowship, that's where that saying comes from. That we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. Now, this may just seem like a greeting or just some clarification, but specifically, I would like to preach from that beginning portion when James, Paul, I'm sorry, Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars, who seemed to be pillars. I'd like to preach to you this morning And again, I don't know why this is so heavy on my heart, but I'd like to preach to you about pillars. Is that all right? Can we go to the Lord in prayer? Just say, God, whatever you want to do to me and through me, God, I invite you right now. Can you invite the Word of God into your heart? Before it's even given, would you say, God, I invite your Word to change me. I invite your Word to encourage me. I invite your Word to inspire me. I invite your Word, Lord God, to set a blaze in my heart, Lord Jesus, like it did the prophets of old. I invite your Word, Lord Jesus, to move me into action, Lord God, to have me, Lord Jesus, move forward in my walk with you, Lord, today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, and we praise you, Lord God. We love you, Lord Jesus. You are so good to us, God. You are so good to us. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You're going to preach with me today? I did a lot of singing. My voice is almost gone. I'm going to need you to preach with me today. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. And you're further back than usual. So you got to be louder. Hallelujah. So I can hear you more. Praise God. I am excited about the HPPC Kids Wing. We'd love for you to take a look. It's obviously not completed. We still have to work on the trim. We still got to put in the doors, the lighting, the furniture, the logos, all of that will still be going up, but we're excited. We're starting, hallelujah, and getting things moving forward, praise God, hallelujah. We had so many uh, volunteers here yesterday that came and helped us. Thank you so much for doing that and taking time out of your day. I'm excited about the the platform. We're raising funds for that. That's why the tape is still out, just to remind us this is where we're heading. Hallelujah. But praise the Lord. I'm excited today to preach to you about pillars. The Bible talks quite a bit about pillars. In fact, pillars seem to be a normal part of the gospel or the biblical narrative. Uh, Pillars, of course, even in today's society, they are essential. You'll see in this building right now, there are three pillars, and these were essential. That's why we've got one just smack dab in the middle of the sanctuary. I'd move it if I could. Hallelujah. It costs way too much money to move a pillar because it's important to the structure. Amen. It's important to the foundation of the building. Hallelujah. And, and we see it throughout the Old Testament and New Testament talks of pillars. Specifically, one uh, set of pillars that I just found to be so fascinating and really piqued my attention. In 1 Kings chapter 7, 
the Bible is describing Solomon's temple and all that they did to rebuild or to build the temple. In it, it tells us that Solomon added a little portion to the temple, gave it a little bit of character, and established an idea about God by building pillars in the temple or right out front of the temple. First Kings 7.21 says he set up the pillars in the porch of the temple. He set up the right pillar and called the name thereof Jachin, or Joachim is a better way to pronounce that. And he set up the left pillar and he called the name thereof Boaz. So he built these two pillars in front of the temple. One he called Yaquin, and the other he called Boaz. He decorated these pillars. The top of it he put different decorations and, and made it very beautiful. I wish, oh God, to be able to see that first Solomon's temple overlaid with gold and the magnificence of it. What an incredible sight that would be. These pillars stood approximately 45 feet tall. So these were not some small little pillars. They were massive pillars. It had a circumference of 18 feet. These are massive, large pillars. And the interesting part about these pillars is that from all that we know about the Bible in that first temple, they actually did not serve the purpose of holding anything up. He built them purely for decoration. Hallelujah. Praise God. I mean, that seems like a rather large feat to build something just for decorations. But Solomon built these pillars just simply for decoration. And again, it was a little bit more than just wanting to decorate his house, the Lord's house, and to make it look good. But in fact, Solomon wanted to make a statement by building these pillars. The statement that these pillars made, when you looked at the temple and you saw these massive, large structures that represented the strength of a building, it put it in the heart of every person that saw it that God would establish that temple and that the worship of his name would be done throughout all generations. Hallelujah. Those temples stood erect with a purpose to state to all who would look upon it that God had blessed that temple, that it had been built by the hand of God. Hallelujah. And only the Lord would be able to knock it down or to destroy it. Oh, I praise the Lord. I feel today like God has built some pillars within the church as well. We know the Bible tells us that in the last days all things would be shaky. 
all things would shake. Everything that's not nailed down or screwed down, if it could be shaken, it would be shaken. That's how I feel about our society today. Everything seems to be wobbly. You can't take a step in this foot in this world without feeling like everything's weird and imbalanced. And how do anybody else feel that way today? Hallelujah. I don't know why God just put this verse in my heart. David said, when my heart is overwhelmed, what did he say? Lead me to the rock that is mightier than I. So there is this understanding that even though everything is shaking, even though everything is wobbly, if I can get myself to the rock, he is mightier than I. He stands firm. He is strong. And he will hold me together. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 27 tells us this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of the things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Well, what cannot be shaken? Verse 28 tells us, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Oh, God, it doesn't matter what goes on out in the world. Here I'm safe. Here I'm secure. Here I'm stable. Why? It's because of the pillars of God. It represents the strength of the Lord. And he is holding up this kingdom. And it is firm. And it is established. And nothing shall shake it. And nothing shall move it. As long as it's built upon the pillars of the Lord. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Oh, praise God. We talked a lot about being the church in the Discover Purpose class. Ephesians chapter 2, 19. We didn't get a chance to read these scriptures, but they were in our lesson. It says, Ephesians 2, 19, Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And look at verse 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. What does that mean? That means, listen, if you, this church was hanging on me, we'd be in trouble. If I signified the foundation, let me tell you, I'd fail you. Don't come to church for me. Come to church for him. Don't come to church because I'm good because I tell you what, I will disappoint you at some point. Come to church because he's good. He'll never disappoint you. He's firm. He's solid. Hallelujah. We're walking on a firm foundation because we are built upon the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Anybody feel that stability in the house today? Verse 21. In whom all the building fitly framed together. 
groweth unto an holy temple of the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. I am thankful that we are built upon the pillars of God. That there are pillars to which we are built off. The pillar of the Word. The pillars of the apostles. The pillars of the prophets. The pillar of Jesus Christ Himself. The names of these pillars were so important in the Old Testament. He called the one Yaquin. That word, Yaquin, it means this. He will establish. What it's trying to communicate is that this building was built by God and it will be, con- and it will continue because of God. Hallelujah. I'm thankful to say this church was not built by Aaron Meehan. It was not built off of man's hands. It was built by God. It will be established by God. It will continue to move forward because of God. Come on, anybody else believe that today? We're built upon the Akeen, the pillar that says he will establish it. And this carries even a greater implication. He's not just simply quoting or desiring something in the future, but rather he's making a statement of a continual promise. For this church has been planted. And as it's been planted, it has dug down and built out roots. And it's because it's upon the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ being the pillars He has become the one that has established it. How do you mean you know? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord does not change. What he's trying to say is the pillar is a view. It's a sight that tells me he's consistent. Come on now. He's consistent. Hallelujah, the Bible tells me that mercy, his mercy is renewed every morning. Even his mercy is consistent. That even if today I should fall and fail and mess up, I know when I wake up in the morning, he's going to be right there again. He never leaves. He never forsakes. Hallelujah. His mercy is renewed once again and again and again and again. He doesn't run out of mercy and he doesn't run out of power and he doesn't run out of love. He is consistently for us. He is consistently fighting for us. Oh, come on, somebody tell them. Lord, thank you, Jesus. He's consistent. You don't have to worry about him changing his mind. He's established. He's secure. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Because he doesn't go back on his word. He doesn't decide all of a sudden you're not worth it. Come on, even if you fall away, you walk away from him. He's got that rope wrapped around you of his grace and his mercy. And he's still pulling you back, trying to get you back into his word, into his house. Oh, 
I've never met anyone so consistent. An establishment that I can put my trust in to know that if I invest in this establishment, it's not something that's going to do me wrong. Oh, praise God. I'm not talking about the church. I know the church is made up of humans, and humans fail and mess up. But I'm talking about the Lord King Almighty who does establish if I can put my trust in Him. Oh, oh, praise God. Come on, we invest in a whole lot of different stuff, don't we? And I don't know about you, but I've made some pretty big mistakes investing in the wrong person, the wrong company. Let me tell you something, you'll never go wrong if you invest your time and energy and love and attention to God and the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, you'll always get a return on your investment. Your investment will grow. Hallelujah, you'll come out with profit. Hallelujah, because this is a kingdom that is trustworthy because it is established. Praise God. Is the Joachim. He will establish. The second pillar is Boaz. In him is strength. In him is strength is what that word Boaz means. Obviously Solomon was considering his great-great-grandfather. I'm not sure how many greats. I'd have to do the, the, the math. But he was considering his great-great-great-grandfather whose name was Boaz. He remembered him and and remembered the meaning of his name. And he says, this pillar, it shall represent the strength of my God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, I'm telling you, there's nothing too great that he can't handle. Come on now, I know my voice is out and I'm a little tired, but let me just prophesy, let me just testify about the Lord for a moment. There's nothing too great that he's not strong enough to take care of. There's no pillar too great that he can't carry it. There's no sickness too painful that he can't cure it. There's no financial need too grand that he can't provide for it. Hallelujah. This pillar represents the strength of the Lord. He is mighty and strong in battle. And there's nothing that can he cannot do. If you could throw up Psalms chapter 46 and 1. Psalms 46 and 1. Now I'm going to be going all the way to 3. Everybody give Brother Kavan a hand. Thank you, Brother Kavan. God is our refuge and strength. Anybody feel that way here today? He is a very present help in trouble. What that means is that if today I need him, today I get him. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. That means he's present. He's available. He doesn't have call waiting. Oh, praise God. He doesn't say leave a message and we'll get back to you. 
He's a very present help in times of trouble. He's there when you don't even know he's there. He's present when you don't even feel him. He's strong and mighty. He is a pillar in your life. Therefore, I will not fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. I don't need to be afraid. Why? It's because Boaz, the pillar of the Lord, it testifies my Lord is strong and my Lord is consistent. Whom shall I fear? Hallelujah. Whom shall I fear? What shall I fear if I've got the pillars on my side? Oh, would you stand to your feet right now and just rejoice in the Lord for a moment? Let's thank him for being consistent. Thank him for being a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I don't know what you need, but he's present in this place. I don't know what you need, but the Lord can take care of it. I don't know what sickness you got, but he can heal you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, would you get in the spirit for a moment? We'll get back to the sermon in just a second. But let's get in the spirit for a moment. Oh, 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 do you feel what I feel in this place? Do you feel what I feel in this place? Oh, Jesus. <clears throat> you can be seated. Sister Venetia, you mind if I embarrass you? <laughs> no? This is why I love this church. Y'all let me embarrass you and you don't care. Could you come? Could you come? I'm not going to embarrass you, by the way, but could you come? 
Just come stand right up here. You know, I remember, what was it? Maybe five years ago, four years ago, when the other church and we baptized you in the name of Jesus. I remember when God filled you with his spirit. What a wonderful thing that was, seeing you just receive God. And I remember you coming with your grandson, Kavon, and for many years just coming. You were here. You were coming on Sundays, and you would come in, and then you started coming on Wednesdays and Mondays, and, and it, it was like I could see someone who obviously had known God before, had many life experiences, but was growing and becoming stronger and strengthening in your walk with God to a point where I sat, I stood there as I watched you, which you did an amazing job today <laughs> doing the Mission Sunday. And I remember the first time you did it and how nervous you were. And today you look like a brand new per. You look like you were in full control. Hallelujah. And, and knowing I was preaching this, but God began to show me things in the spirit as I saw you up there. And I could see you standing just right where you're standing. And I said, God, a woman who's only, only a few years ago was baptized in the church, received the Holy Ghost. I said, God, now you've established her because this is how great God is. Not only is he a pillar, but he builds pillars. And I said, God, look what you've done in only a few years. You've taken somebody who's maybe a little nervous behind the pulpit, maybe this or that, and now you've made them a pillar in the church. Somebody, hallelujah, that anybody else in this place, you look at her and you just see consistency. And you see strength. How many of you are thankful for Sister Venetia? Thank you so much, Sister you can go be seated. And this is what God has really been dealing with me about because He has shown us these qualities of consistency, these qualities of strength, showing us what it means to be pillars, but also helping us to realize He is in the pillar making business. Hallelujah. Not only is the Lord established, but he wants to help you get established. And not only is the Lord strong. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Man, I feel like I'm about to rock it out of this place. Not only is he strong, but he wants to make you strong. Oh, praise God. Come on, what does the Bible says? It says, be ye strong in the Lord. A lot of times we think, oh, that means I have to get this strength. No, he doesn't say, be ye strong. He says, be ye strong in the Lord. Because if I have a strong relationship with God, I'll be a strong person. If I am strong in the church, I'll be a strong individual. Be ye strong in the Lord. Won't you look to somebody next to you and tell them, be strong in the Lord. Let's look at Revelation chapter 3 and verse 12. 
Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 12. If you're thinking, wow, Brother Kavan's taking a long time, don't blame him. That was me. I didn't put all my scriptures in there, so he's catching up. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for a pillar in the media booth. (laughs) Come on. Hallelujah. Revelations 3 and 12. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar. Oh, God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar. Oh, this is my promise to you. If you'll find it in your heart to serve the Lord, to let go of this world, God says, I'm going to make a pillar out of you. I'm going to make a pillar out of you. You're going to be so stable that people are going to come and lean on you. Oh, come on, you didn't get that last part. I'm going to make you stable. I'm going to make you strong where people are not just going to look to you. They're going to lean on you for support. You're going to be a structure that holds up the church. I'm going to make you a pillar. He's talking to the church in Philadelphia. Now, this is important. (coughs) Because Philadelphia, in that time that this was written, it was constantly being hammered by violent and reoccurring earthquakes. In this book of Revelation, at this portion, it says to the church, of Philadelphia. Many scholars believe that this reference of being an overcomer, I will make you a pillar in the temple of my God, is a reference to the frequent earthquakes which had shaken down buildings all over their city. He's saying, you know that rumble that you've been feeling? And you know that shaking that you've been feeling? You know that inconsistency in this world you've been feeling? He says, just wait. I'm going to make you a structure that's going to be able to stand in the midst of the earthquakes. Oh, praise God. Oh, you want to know why Job survived what he did and never cursed God? He was a pillar. Hallelujah. Because man, when God makes you into a pillar and you get a hold of this and he establishes you in the church and he strengthens you with the word and you've got the fellowship of the church, then let me tell you, there's nothing the devil can throw at you. There's no greater earthquake or tornado or hear hurricanes that will knock you up. There's no wind of doctrine that can confuse you. No, because I'm built like a pillar in the house of the Lord. Would you throw up your hands and say, God, build me into a pillar. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
The only reason this building is here, this church is here, is not because one man did something, but it's because we had pillars in the church. Hallelujah. Before I ever got this sermon, I got a burden in my heart earlier this week. God says, I want you to show your, your, that you recognize the work your people, my people have been doing. I want you to show appreciation to them. Let me tell you, I am so thankful for the pillars in this church. I am so thankful for those who have been consistent in your attendance. And I'm so thankful for those who have been consistent in your evangelism. I'm so thankful for those who've been consistent in your giving. I'm so thankful for those who've been consistent in your loyalty. Let me tell you, it does not go unnoticed. I appreciate every bit of it. And God is going to bless you. 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 Hallelujah. And you know what? Yes, we are built upon the foundation of the apostles, prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. But that is not the only aspect of a building that matters. You see, because something has to hold the building up. Something has to keep the roof on. Something, come on, without the pillars, this place would cave in. Something, someone has to decide, I'm going to be like Boaz. And the other one, I'm going to be like the pillars of the Lord. I'm going to be established and I'm going to be strong in the house of God. And we see this in Scripture, and I'm almost done. I feel, oh, I feel like God is wanting to put in someone's heart. God is wanting to start building a layer of cement around some people, establishing them as pillars in the church. Oh, the nation of Israel not far separated from the Red Sea faced their first battle a war against the Amalekites Moses was an old man He wasn't able to go down and fight. So he called on Joshua, his armor bearer. Joshua led an army down to fight against the Amalekites. And when he did, the Bible tells us that Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up on the mountain. They watched down as the battle waged on. And I can imagine how difficult of a sight that would have been for a leader. 
having to stand up on a mountain and watch your people get slaughtered, get killed, get trampled over. Now, the Bible doesn't say, to my knowledge, what inspired Moses to do this. But all of a sudden, Moses lifted up his hands. Obviously, a sign of worship toward the Lord. Later on, though, we would read that he would call Jesus his banner, God his banner. So he saw like he was raising up a banner unto the nation of Israel. And the Bible says that every time he lifted up his hands, the nation of Israel would succeed. They'd begin to defeat the armies. And every time he dropped his hands, they would begin to lose. May I suggest to you, the battle isn't won because of the brute strength of the army. But the battle is won because of the pillars up on the mountain. Don't get me wrong. We need some young men and women down in the army. We need people who are going to go out there and evangelize. We need people who are going to preach. We need all of those things. But can I suggest to you that what this church needs more than anything else are some pillars that are going to be consistent in their worship, in their prayer, as they call to the Lord out for the people of the church. Hallelujah. We need some pillars that will stand on the mountain and say, I will lift you up. I will be strong for you. I will establish myself on your behalf. And every time Moses' arms got weak and tired, he began to drop them. After a while, they saw it. They recognized it. The Bible says they went and got stones and put it under his arms so that his arms would stay up. But even that couldn't do it. Brother Victor, can I see you down here? It's your turn. Come stand here. Hallelujah. I can tell you, I don't know if you've ever had to Raise your arms up for any length of time. That is an uncomfortable feeling. It's not meant to be comfortable. Church work is not always comfortable. Revival is not always comfortable. Prayer and worship and praise is not always comfortable. But it is always successful. Hallelujah. Moses had his arms raised. And when the rocks couldn't do it. Because look, let's be honest. There's nothing that can help the man of God. There's nothing that can give him what he truly needs. 
there's, there's no vacation long enough. <laughs> I'm talking from experience, all right. There's no vacation long enough to be able to help him and support him. And Hallelujah. What he truly needs is not some structure that's going to support him. But he needs the brethren that are going to come and say, you know what, you can lean on me. I know you're holding up your arms for the church. Well, listen, I'm holding your arms up. You're going to be a pillar while I'm going to be a pillar right next to you. And I'm going to hold you up. Let me tell you something. I'm not preaching this for my sake. This is what God spoke to me a couple weeks ago. Some of you, I told this to you. God spoke to me a couple weeks ago and said, Aaron, I'm changing your ministry. I want you to start stop being Moses. And I want you to start being the Aaron of the Bible. I want you to start holding up the arms of my people because I've got anointed leaders. I've got anointed preachers. I've got anointed evangelists, anointed singers, anointed musicians. And as pastor, I don't want you to keep your arms raised. I want you to hold up the arms of my men and women. I want you to be a pillar for them. Could you stand to your feet? Brother Wilfred, Brother Lewis, would you come up here? Yes. Why don't you, he looks tired. Why don't you hold up his arms? Hallelujah. Just hold him for a while. Brother Victor, you're going to be sore tomorrow. It's going to be worth it, though. Hallelujah. Listen, this is the view of the church. This is a view of the church. Two pillars. Two pillars. Consistency and strength. Consistency and strength. I'm telling you, your walk with God will be successful if you just lean on the two pillars. Consistency and strength. Oh, but God wants to do more than that for you. God wants to establish you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants you to become an arm holder. He wants you to be a roof holder. He wants you to hold up the man of God. He wants you to hold up the brothers and sisters of the church. He wants you to hold up your family in the truth. He wants you to hold them up in prayer. He wants you to hold them up in evangelism. Come on, do I have anybody today like Peter, James, and John that says, I am going to be an established member. I am going to be strong. I am going to be a pillar. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah, I'm done. I want to call on some people today that says, it's time for me to be a pillar. It's time for me to be a pillar in my family. It's time for me to be a pillar in my church. It's time for me to be a pillar in my neighborhood. It's time for me to be a pillar at my job. 
it's time for me to be a pillar. If that's you, would you make your way down to this altar? Hallelujah. You can stop holding his arms up now. Thank you so much for doing that. Oh, but I would invite you down. Listen, this doesn't have, you don't have to decide today you're going to be a part of HPPC for the rest of your life. Just decide today you're going to be established in the kingdom. To decide today you're going to be strong in the kingdom.